So Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to read verse 1 through 8, but today we're just focusing on verse 7, uh, 7 and 8. And it says this, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said this, verse 3, he said, bless. Now, week one, we uncovered the idea that in the Greek, the word blessed is the word makarios, and it simply means to be happy. But it doesn't mean happy based off of what is happening. It means happy based off of a promise or a purpose. And so uh, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And today, the two that we're going to be looking at is blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And what we have discovered is that what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 5, there's a tension that takes place. There's a tension because uh, when you make a decision to follow Christ, like all of a sudden, God just, the Holy Spirit begins to change the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you talk. And so there's a lot of things that Jesus is saying here that, that's stretching us, that, that, that's, that's creating this tension because culture tells us otherwise. So culture is teaching us something else. And so here we are, like we, we got we to gotta learn to embrace this tension that Jesus is sharing with us. And, and so I'm excited today to talk about blessed are the merciful and blessed are the pure in heart. So I'm going to pray one more time and then we're going to jump into it. Again, I want to invite all the dads after, uh, after the message. We're going to have all the men, the dads, the men as well to come up. We're going to pray for you, special prayer. And then we got that photo opportunity for you. We got steak and beer for you. But let me pray. We'll jump into the message. Father, we love you. God, we pray that you would just have your way today. Lord, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your faithfulness. God, I pray that, uh, that at the end of this message, God, that we would leave here changed, we would leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone, say amen. 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 Friends, can I say that I have discovered as I have aged, there's... My body doesn't function the same way that it used to when I was a young spring chicken. Now, now, as I say that, there's two groups of people in this room today. There's some people that, when I said that, you filtered it, and you're older than me, and you're like, <laughs> cute, he thinks he's old. Okay. <laughs> then there's another group of people who's younger than me and like, yeah, he's old. <laughs> and so I understand that, but what I'm about to share with you, I hope... Uh, the people who are older than me, y'all could be like, I relate. Those who are younger than me, hey, just watch out, okay? Like, and so my body is like, my body does like weird things now, specifically when it comes to eating. Uh, I love to eat, as you can tell, no applause nor laughs at that right there. Well, thank you for just completely disregarding that statement. Um, I love eating. I love eating. I love spicy food. Um, I'm hilarious when you when you feed me spicy food because I start sweating. Like it looks like I ran miles, y'all. Like it's horrible, but I love it. I love what it. I just love how it burns my tongue, but it feels good. You know what I'm saying? Like a little bit of pain never hurt nobody. And so, um, so like I love, I love, um, I love eating. I love eating spicy food. And I used to be able to eat late at night, 
But as I've aged, I can't do that anymore. In fact, I discovered this atrocity a couple weeks ago. I went to Applebee's with some friends. Uh, we just shot, actually, we shot that at, that at the movies clip. And we were like, let's go get something to eat. It was like 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock. I don't know. It was late. Um, and, and so we go over there. And at Applebee's, I always get the sampler platter. Anyone do the sampler platter? Like, it has spicy boneless wings. It has quesadillas. It has mott sticks. It has uh, spinach dip in there. And uh, listen, your boy can put it down. I can put it down quick. <laughs> and so I order that, right, with some ranch and blue cheese. And I'm just, I'm engaged in the conversation, but, like, I'm really just focused on my food. <laughs> and I'm eating, and I'm eating, and, I'm, and I eat quick. I eat quick. And so people are still eating, but I'm done with the sample powder. No one touched it. Thank you, thank you. I find it very impressive myself too. And so, so I'm eating, right? And uh, and then we go home. And by the time I get in, I get home. It's like eleven o'clock, and I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired from eating. And um, so I try to go to bed, and I lie down. And then all of a sudden, what I could only assume is acid indigestion, uh, begin to just like fill my esophagus. And I'm like, I wake up, bam, I'm dying. I'm drama by nature. It's because I'm firstborn, y'all. Like, I have, it's, you know, like, that's what it is. And I'm like, babe, I don't know what's happening. And it reminded me of the chicken wing that would slap the person. I'm like, maybe this is heartburn. Maybe this is, I don't know what's happening. And in this moment, I, I realized this phrase that I'm going to share with you, I, I never found it to be more true than that moment. And the phrase is this, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. In that moment, I'm lying in bed and I'm paying for it. I'm like, I just want to die. Take me, Jesus. <laughs> like now, that's so dramatic, John, I know. <laughs> And so, like, like I'm like, like I, I in that moment, I became what I ate. Like in that moment, what I had ingested, digested. I, I almost wanted to ingest or die. I wanted to throw it up, man. Like, and here's why I'm telling you this. Some of you are like, "What is he going?" Here's why I'm telling you this. This is what Jesus is referring to. When, when he said, blessed are the merciful. Now, let me back up. So verse 7, 8, what we're going to talk about today, and verse 9, what we're going to talk about next week, those are a byproduct of what Jesus was teaching in verse 6. Now, if you weren't here last week and you don't remember what verse 6 is, Jesus said this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So verse 7, 8, and 9 is a byproduct of what I am hungering and thirsting for in verse 6. So Jesus is like, hunger and thirst for righteousness. So I pursue righteousness. And as I pursue righteousness, one of the byproducts is mercy. Merciful. You are what she eat. And so Jesus is like, hey, blessed are, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the byproduct is mercy. 
So this morning we're going to talk about mercy, and I want to give you three observations about mercy real quick, and then um, I'm going to jump into our, our next verse, but three observations of mercy. The first observation is this, mercy is necessary for me. Mercy is necessary for me. Now, the definition that I want us to just rally around today when it comes to mercy is this, the act of not, not, so the act of not receiving something that I deserve. Mercy, the act of not receiving something that I deserve. Now, we typically see mercy when it comes to punishment. When the judge shows mercy, like he lightens the sentence. He's showing us mercy. As a parent, we show our kids mercy instead of grounding them all their life. We just ground them for a couple days. Mercy. We're showing them they deserve something else, but we're, we're, we're showing them mercy. Now, I would like to propose to you this morning that a, a place in which mercy is also found comes in the realm of our faith. Like in our faith, mercy abounds. And, uh, and, and so, so let me explain it this way. So if, in fact, God is holy, which I think he is, Scripture says he is. In 1 Peter, God says, I am, be holy for I am holy. So I think God's holy. So if God is holy, which I, I believe he is, and if, in fact, I am a sinner, which I am, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. That word all in the Greek means all. <laughs> yeah. It means, and, and so, so for all have sinned and fall. So, so what we have is we have a holy God. We have broken humanity. And so by the very definition of holiness, God cannot have anything to do with me. Are you with me? Because he's holy, and if I'm not holy, if I'm around him, all of a sudden he's not holy. You with me? And so, so here it is, God's holy. I'm not holy. And so by the very de definition of holiness, God can't have anything to do with me. And so what that results in is an eternal separation between humanity and God. Friends, that's what I deserve. That's what, I know, don't, don't get mad. That's what you deserve. That's what we deserve. For God to be like, get out of here. I am holy. You are not holy. That's what I deserve. So mercy is necessary for me. But, but here's my second observation. That not only is it necessary for me, but God modeled mercy. Oh, I love that. God model mercy. In Titus chapter 3, um, Paul says that God saved us according to his own mercy. God saved us because of he had mercy for us. He, he was like, man, look at these guys. And what did he do? He sent Jesus to come. And Jesus clothed us in righteousness. And all of a sudden, Praise God, you and I have this amazing opportunity to no longer be distant from God, but we can now have a relationship with him. Friends, that's great news. 
And so God, God didn't just, he's, Jesus is not just saying, be merciful. Blessed are those who are merciful. But he's like, hey, God the Father also modeled this idea of mercy. And I love this. So God modeled mercy for you and for me. And so uh, first observation, mercy is necessary for me. Second one, God model mercy. Here's a third observation that I love is that mercy needs justice. Mercy needs justice. And so what we read in, uh, or, or excuse me, mercy needs justice. So my wife and I, we, we really wanted to, do, to be extra when it comes to showing our kids mercy because we, wanted, we want our kids to understand how God has mercy on, on them, on us. Okay, and so, so like, I think my kids are taking advantage of that, though, <laughs> because at, at, at first, at first, like, we're like, hey, you punched your sister in the face. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe I'm kidding. But, but, but like this, this idea, like, um, just show, just show us mercy. And then so, so we would say, we would say, hey, what you did was not okay, but we're going to show you mercy. And we just started doing that a lot. And then all of a sudden, my kids were like, they would do something like, please show us mercy. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay, maybe we're doing this a little wrong. <laughs> and so, like, you know, honestly, it wasn't until recent where I felt like God was, was just really putting on my heart, like, hey, John, I'm a God of mercy, but I'm also a God of justice. And I've come to the realization when it, when it comes to parenting that I just I can't just show them a God of mercy. But I also got to show them that God is a God of justice. See, mercy without justice is chaos. Mercy that's just mercy is chaos. There has to be consequences. And so the question is, when do we show mercy? When do we show, when, when, when is justice necessary? Well, I don't have a definite answer for you. But, but, but I do know this. I do know as human beings, we have this propensity to, to want to show, to have justice for everyone else and mercy for us. And so I think it starts with that. I think it starts with, with first us learning how to accept the fact, man, what I did, there's consequences for that. And then it also stems with, like, what is the heart of you, what is the root of you wanting to show justice? What is the heart and the root of you wanting someone to get what they deserve? Is it birthed, is it based out of retaliation? Is it based out of you're angry with them? Like, what is the heart of it? And so Jesus, in verse 7, he's like, hey, I want you to err on the side of mercy. He didn't say blessed are those who pursue justice. He said blessed are those who are merciful. And so at the end of the day, our job is to show mercy, but to understand that justice has its place. Are you with me, everybody? And he said, blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So I show mercy because I receive mercy. You show mercy because you receive mercy. 
And so this should create some type of tension inside, like, ah. But that's good. Again, I want us to lean into the tension. Lean into the tension. So Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And then he goes on in verse 8. And he says this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Hey, do you guys remember the uh, early uh, March of 2020? Like specifically right at the beginning when uh, the pandemic happened? Do you guys remember like just like how it just crazy it was, right? So I remember I never felt more like a man's man than in March of 2020, uh, because it was that time when no one left their outside. I'm getting somewhere. Probably, I'm not trying to offend anyone. Like, remember, like that that time when you were like in the house and you're like, I'm not going outside because at that moment, at that time, like it was like no one knew anything about the virus, right? And so, so I remember at the very beginning, the first few weeks that we were locked down or shut, whatever they called it. Um, I remember, like, my wife, she was like, babe, we need groceries. And I'm like, you go get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But I do remember thinking, like, I'll go get it. And I felt like a hunter going out in the wild, braving the, like, braving the coldness of COVID. You know, like, I'm like, I'll get it. And I remember driving. No one was on the street. I remember going shopping. No one was in there. And I was like, and I remember driving, getting groceries and coming home the first couple of times. And my wife was waiting at the door for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, baby, your hero, your hero's coming. <laughs> like, I was thinking she was, she was standing there to just, like, welcome me with open arms. Like, oh, you made it. And I grabbed the groceries, and I walked up to the door, and she said, stop right there. I'll be right back. I'm like, oh, y'all, she's going to kiss me. <laughs> she, she's going to get some chapstick on or lip gloss, whatever she uses. And, and so I'm waiting there, and she comes out, she comes out with her hand behind her, her herself like this, and she's like, okay, stay there. Don't move. I'm like, yeah. She takes out her can of Lysol. I'm like, what the? What are you doing? Shut up. Spraying me down. I hate Lysol. It's the worst. And I'm standing there dripping in disinfectant spray. And in that moment, I hated that. But as I was thinking about this, like, I understood her heart. Stay with me. I'm about to tie it in. I understood her heart because I realized that what she was trying to prevent, any, any type of virus, anything that was, like, nasty, she was trying to prevent it from coming into our house. Now, whether or not that works, I don't know. But her heart was like, hey, I don't want any contamination from outside to be inside. And here's why I tell you this. This is what Jesus is referring to 
in, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8 when he said, Blessed are the pure in heart. Now, that word pure in the Greek is the word kaderis. Let me check that. I'm going to fact check. Katharos. It was close. The, the, the Greek word is katharos. And, and what it means, so, so when I, before I looked up the Greek, I thought the word pure meant like, you know, like, like, don't cuss in front of my kid. He has a pure heart. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that w- that's what it was, like this innocence. But actually, that word, uh, the Greek word, kathar- where's that? The, the Greek word katharos, it, it literally means a separation from contamination. So it, it, this word that Jesus is like, blessed are the katharos in heart. So blessed are those who are pure, who, who choose to have a separation from contamination. That, that want something so pure that, that they, they don't want to have anything mixed with it. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. Now that word heart in the Greek is the word cardia. And it's not the, the anatomy of the heart. It's not the thing that's like boom, 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 boom. But in fact, what it's referring to is your innermost being. Your thoughts, your emotions, your personality. And so I think it's important to understand that, that Jesus... He's not saying, hey, blessed are the pure, like the idea of like the external things. Jesus is not focusing on the external purity of our actions, but rather he's, he's telling us to work on something on the inside. See, I don't know about you, but I, there are many things in my life where I tried to control my actions, but it never worked. There were many times that I tried, to, I tried to remain pure, and it didn't work. I was focused so much on my actions. I was focused so much on, like, what, like what my actions were. But Jesus, he's like, he, he's flipping the script because he's like, no, don't focus so much on your outward actions. Focus on the inside. Focus on the inside first. And so it makes sense that he said that because in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, Solomon writes this. He says, above all else, guard your heart. And then he goes on to say, for, for everything flows from that. Guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart because from it, everything flows. Now, here's what's interesting. The, the heart right there in the, in the Hebrew is the word lab. And once again, it doesn't mean the, the anatomy of the heart. But it has the same definition as cardia, our Greek word, of our emotions, our innermost person. And so, and so uh, Solomon, he's like, above all else, Guard your emotions. Guard your thoughts. God, guard your, your, your feelings. Because everything flows from it. And so all of a sudden, it makes sense that Jesus is saying, blessed are those who are pure in heart. Because Jesus understands 
that everything flows from my emotions. Everything flows from my thoughts. And so if my thoughts are corrupt, my actions are going to be corrupt. If my emotions are corrupt, my speech will be corrupt. And so, so he's, Jesus is like, hey, blessed are the pure. This, this idea of learning how to decontaminate, to separate, to have a pure emotions, innermost being. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, I think that last part, and then we could have the band come up, because we're going to uh, have an opportunity to pray for the, for the, for the men in the house, and, but also uh, they're going to lead us in, in, in the, some more worship, just for a little bit. And hey, y'all will still make your lunch date, I promise. I promise y'all, like, today, really? So he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, I think that last part, they will see God, has many different um, applications, has, has many different implications. I think that, of course, that there is an eternal implication with this. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So the, the idea that when I, make Je- when, when I make Jesus the Lord, the boss of my life, then all of a sudden, we talked about this briefly, that I am clothed in righteousness and so all of a sudden like I am I am made pure God God he God no longer sees me of my sinful nature but he now sees me through the lens of Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross so there's an internal eternal implication which I'm excited about like I can't wait to like to hang out with God in heaven Woo, that's amazing but hopefully that's a long time from now Like, I want to see my kids get older. And so I think there's an eternal implication, but I also think that there is an implication that happens right now, right here on earth. See, because I want want to see God, y'all. I really want to see God. But But while I'm here on earth, I want to see God in other ways. I want to see God work in my marriage. I want to see God work uh, in in me as a parent. I want to see God work in my finances. I want to see God work in my healing. I want to see God work at my workplace. There's many different ways I want to see God. And so my my heart this morning, and and then we're going to close, is this idea like it's hard to see God though. When my thoughts, when my emotions are contaminated, are corrupt. And so my heart for for us this morning is that you would begin to see God in every area, every aspect of your life. But that happens as we allow God to purify our emotions, our thoughts, 